Hello everyone, this is Ron Carthen, and welcome to episode 5, part 1 of Ron Nick's Rundown. In this episode, I will interview Donovan Dooley from ESPN Undefeated's Roden Fellows and also the CEO and founder of Truval, and of course, more importantly, a junior at North Carolina T State University. This is Ron Nick's Rundown. <laughs> Once again, this is Ron Carthur for Ron Nick's Rundown, Episode 5, Part 1. Nick will join me for Part 2, but today I definitely have a great guest that I'm going to air in a few minutes, and that is Donovan Dooley from True Bull and ESPN Undefeated Rotten Fellows. It was a great interview. I can't wait for you guys to listen to that. But first, I got to talk about one thing here. LeBron James and the Cavs are now 2-0 against the Raptors, and this is why you do not trust the Raptors in the postseason when you go up against LeBron James. LeBron James... Embarrassing. First of all, the Raptors should have won game one of this series, but LeBron James completely dominated this team, and the supporting gas is finally coming through, but tonight, game two, it was Kevin Love with 31 points and 11 rebounds. If he could be the second scorer pretty much every night, they could put the Raptors away quickly, but LeBron James, 43 points, 14 assists, and eight boards, and dropped 26 points, 13 of 19, in the second half, and the Cavs went 8 of 14 from the three-point line. The Cavs are going to completely run away from the series. They honestly should sweep the Raptors in this series, and I'll be stunned if they don't. The Raptors will have one of the better teams they've had this year, and a better bench, and a better sporting cast. But DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry just cannot seem, they just cannot seem to figure out a way to beat LeBron James. It's its just amazing to me. Something's got to change. They're supposed to be one of the better teams, and they just cannot figure out a way to beat LeBron. They're supposed to be LeBron's, one of LeBron's worst teams, and LeBron right now is two wins away from heading to the Eastern Conference Finals again. So, I mean, it, it's just insane. The Cavs will definitely do their thing. I definitely expect them to sweep. Yeah, I said it. I expect them to sweep, and they need to put the Raptors away for good in Game 4. Now, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Donovan Dewey. at this time is the founder of True Bull and also the CEO, as well as one of ESPN Undefeated's Ronan Fellows. And more importantly, he is a junior at North Carolina A&T State University. Welcome, my guest at this time, Donovan Dooley. Donovan, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good, Ron. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, let's, talk, let's start with the most important question. What made you decide to go to the North Carolina A&T? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. Most important question here yep. on this podcast today. Uh, yep. you know, as, as we know, as we know, Aggie Pride is worldwide. Yes. Um, it's the best HBCU mm-hmm. in the country. Yes. Um, undisputed. Uh, yes. But for me, what made me decide to attend uh, North Carolina A&T was really, you know, it was really kind of interesting because I didn't really have many HBCUs on my radar coming out of high school. Um, both my parents, I went to Tuskegee. Uh, Tuskegee University that actually met there, mm. and so I was kind of used to the HBCU vibe. I kind of wanted to try something a little bit different. Right. Uh, but when I was looking for, you know, different colleges to go to that were one good in communications and were good visa scholarship money, you know, A and T popped up. And, yeah. And uh, when A and T popped up, I went out there, 
money and I was set to go. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. So um, I'm happy. <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, it was the it is definitely the right decision to make. I mean, it is the best H, like you said, the best HBCU on the planet. But that's a great right. that's a great story though with your parents, man. Meeting at Tuskegee, man, that's really cool. So you de- so you definitely have an HBCU connection there already. Right. So that's definitely great, yeah. man. So tell me this uh, about True Bull. Tell me about True Bull and what made you want to launch this website in the first place. Right. So essentially, with TrueBull.com, it's essentially a platform that allows young and aspiring college journalists to, you know, a place to get their work out there and a place to you know, show what they can do and showcase their capabilities. Um, one of the things that was, that was in my vision when I started this, like, almost, well, almost a year ago, I started on November 4th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I really wanted to do was to give kids an outlet and a platform to be able to produce their work, to just give them a chance to, to show what they can do. I mean, a lot of these kids that are producing this stuff on TrueBull.com, it's mm-hmm. been a gateway for them to receive other internship opportunities and bigger internship opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it also gives me um, a place to where I can, you know, kind of dabble into a little bit of the different world of journalism from like the executive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things that I'm really proud of with Trubo.com is that it's giving kids, um, not only HBCUs, but at PWIs and schools across the country a chance to, you know, get their work out there. And they can, this is something they can put on their resume and they can show to potential employers to get them to get them to land jobs in the field. And so I think that's one of the things that we're really excited about with Trueball.com moving forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always great to have your something of your own, especially as young as you are. So you're definitely on the right track already starting something of your own. And I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, tell me what topics do you have? Yeah, but talk about what topics you guys uh, touch on as far as the website. It is amazing, man, that you guys are doing this now. Like I said, definitely get your work out there at y'all age, man. I, I tell people 
college, four years of college is more like your job interviews, more like your audition for bigger and better opportunities out there. And what you're doing right now is just definitely great and definitely inspiring to others, man. And I, I definitely say keep up the good work with that for sure, man. I appreciate that, Ron. I really do. Yeah, man. Um, tell me, um, also, uh, what were your role models? I mean, it's, I mean, at your age, I mean, my age was definitely Stuart Scott. I was just wondering if yours was kind of much the same thing yeah. as far as in sports world. No, sports world. I'm, no, I'm definitely with you on that. Definitely, uh, Stuart Scott was actually the first person that got me interested in sports broadcast and sports communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just got up on my TV has always been glued to ESPN ever since I was young. My parents can tell you that. My parents can tell you I was, you know, having debates with my older cousins. Yeah. who are grown, like, you know, mm-hmm. 30 years old or something, I had to pull out sports debates with them when I was, like, four or five years old. Yeah. Trying to get my word in, and they're telling me to be quiet and say in the child's place, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 it's, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been very interesting. It's been very interesting. But for my role models, I would definitely say Stuart Scott got it, got it started off, you know, just being able to see somebody with that much influence, you know, on the TV, especially being, you know, African-American or something. I mean, for me, I, like I said, that, Stuart was my mobile too. I used to have a notebook, and I used to just write down all the sporting events. And the crazy thing is, there were a bunch of older people that are asking me for advice so they can gamble and spend their money, <laughs> either in the street or in a casino. I should have gotten rich from some of those wins, if you agree with me with that. <laughs> Goodness, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Just, uh, I tell you, man, people just used me, man, when I was a child. So. <laughs> crazy man just how to, just how people use you man it's how they use you man <laughs> but um talk to me about bill roden man i mean that's that's obviously that's legendary status i mean he's a legend period yeah. and tell me yeah. about how that all came about with you being one of the espn undefeated roden fellows Let's let's rephrase the great 
Miss Professor Wiggins. Let's just say that. that that's one of my favorites. But go oh, ahead, no, man. The outstanding, the fantastic, yes. the great, the amazing, like whatever adjectives you want to put in front of Miss Wiggins. Yes. Encompasses all of that. Yes. And she has been very influential for me in my career so far. In my career so far, she clearly anything that I need, she's willing to you know, jump through hoops to get it for me. And I'm extremely grateful, mm-hmm. you know, to have her in my life doing that for me. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off that point, what she did with the road, what she did with the road, is she knew that he was coming down here, mm-hmm. you know, he was coming down here to talk to students at A&T, because initially, we didn't know anything about the opportunity mm-hmm. that he was providing. He mm-hmm. was just seeing who would show up to come and watch the speech. Mm-hmm. And when Ms. Wiggins told me about the opportunity, he told me, she told me a little bit of background of him. She was like, oh, four years as a sports, as a sports, as a sports columnist, uh, writer of four years, author of four years, slave, mm-hmm. uh, $40 billion slave. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she told me a little bit, a little bit of his background. He comes down and he's talking to us and, you know, we're listening to him intently and all of a sudden he just drops what he's trying to do. Mm. Uh, with this program of incorpor- like incorporating HBCU um, students into the world of you know PR and sports journalism, right? And you know, and I'm looking at him like, okay, I see what, <laughs> I see what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. You know, and he tells us to go and write a uh, write an 800 word column and submit it by the morning, and I did Ooh. that. And you know, through the help of Miss Wiggins. She was really, I think, um, she was really, I think, the buffer for me to get to get this actual opportunity because I think she really said some great things about me that allowed Roden and you know the rest of the ESPN people to take a shot on me as a freshman mm-hmm. at North Carolina A&T. So um, I'm really grateful to them mm-hmm. and really grateful to Professor Williams and everybody for allowing me to have this opportunity. It's been like the best opportunity, it's been like some of the best times I've had in my life. Oh, it's really been great. It's really been awesome. Look, if I had the opportunity that you had, man, if he had came in that school, man, I don't care if I, I would have walked out there without my shoes. I'd have been right in Crosby waiting to get that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, man, I would have been front row. I'd have, I'd have, look, I'd have done whatever I could, and I would have been sleeping at the Bluefoot Library, typing that thing up. And send it, man. That's exactly how it was. Oh, exactly? That's exactly how it was. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny story. There's another funny story about that because it was actually Gio. Oh yeah. You know about G Ho. So yes. everything that was going on that night, man, it was I don't know what I was doing that night, but I don't know if I scrapped it or what. All I remember is I was up to like three thirty in the morning making sure that I got that DM by eight o'clock. Yeah. By eight o'clock that next morning. Yeah. And so um, that's how that's just kinda of how it played out and thanks to like I said, thanks to Professor Witness to give me some good recommendations. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, good. I mean, look, man, it's all about making sacrifices, man. You got to make the sacrifices to be successful. You did that. You know I mean, like I said, you're already passing with flying colors with that so far. Um, <laughs> but sure. Uh, tell me about the podcast you've been doing, man, with them. I know you guys have done a lot of podcasts. I know you recently did one. Uh, I guess there was some of the NFL draft, and I know it was one with Brandon Parker. Tell me about your experience doing the podcast with them. Yeah, the podcast has been great so far. Um, basically, what we do is there's three of us, um, three of the Rosa Fellows on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, it's been uh, me, my coworker Isaiah Small from Morehouse, 
Mm-hmm. Have a coworker maybe you should have from Grandma State. Mm-hmm. And you know, we just were talking to you know Mr. Rosen about different issues that they go on in you know day to day life in the sports world, the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. It's really like an all encompassing podcast, which makes it like very interesting. We bring in guests and talk about a variety of different issues. I remember on one podcast we were mm-hmm. talking about the Starbucks scandal mm-hmm. and talking to somebody, talk to a guest about that, and then we switch and we go and talk to Martez Carter. Mm. Uh, Mr. Excitement, you know, one of the one of the best players probably in currently history. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And so it, it just kind of, that's kind of how that podcast floats. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked to Brandon, like you said, we talked to Brandon a little bit a couple weeks back before the draft. And, you know, so it was, that's just kind of how the podcast rolls. And we um, we just kind of do that. And it's very interesting. It's um, very cool to, to check it out and to see what we're talking about. So it was really cool. Oh yeah, definitely, guys. Listen, look for that podcast. Look for ESPN affiliate Rodan Fellows, and it's definitely very good. And I just like to—I'm just happy that Rodan gave you guys at HBC guys from HBCUs an opportunity to do this. I'm just, I, and I'm just thankful for him to do that. I, you know, I wish we had. I like see, like I graduated from in 2005. We didn't quite know what a podcast was at that time. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's been a long. Yeah, it's been a long time. It, it, it it's definitely changed. I mean, that's the one thing. Everything changes in the media world, man. And like I said, man, I just wish I had that opportunity 13 years ago. I mean, I did have internships, and in, you know, doing sports, but man, it's just insane. Um, but talk about now. Let's talk about your experience in NFL draft, man. You had an opportunity to go down there. Just talk about how how much of a privilege and how great that was. telling you man that that draft was insane i i've heard his two things about that first round one i call saquon barkley the future first ballot hall of famer i made that prediction very clear he will be a first ballot hall of famer when his career is over i don't care what anybody says 
But uh, <laughs> and far as Baker, May, yeah, like far as Baker Mayfield is concerned, I personally liked him more than Darnold. <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> Darnold, uh, and Allen, and, and and you know what, Rosen. I really like Rosen too. But Mayfield, I just felt like had a better year. I felt like he had a better collegiate career than some of the guys, that, that, the quarterbacks that were picked, in my opinion. So I thought the Browns actually made the right decision. Personally, I would have took. I, me personally, I, I would have done the bigger thing in case somebody would have been smart enough to trade up at some point. You know, just a, a, an offer that somebody can't refuse. I would have been nervous enough to just go ahead and just done bigger. And I, I was stunned they took Denzel Ward at four, but they, but it was a need. They, I was too. It, but it I was, was it, it was a need. It was a need for them. Yeah. It was a need for them. I just didn't think Denzel Ward was the fourth best prospect. You mm-hmm. know, in I definitely like it that you know Garrett. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great his second year, and I like I, I like what they did. They, obviously with Nick Chubb, they drafting him as well, and it was great. But I gotta ask you this about Lamar Jackson. I know Joe Flacco. This is the last year of his guaranteed money. Are you ready for Lamar Jackson to go, to go in there and just light it up in Baltimore? Yeah, I think he has the I think he has the capabilities to do that um, to come in there and be the franchise quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. I honestly do. I think that a lot of things that he has are similar to Michael Vick. I know I know a lot of people are scared to make that to make that projection and make that comparison to Vick. But if you just look at everything Lamar Jackson could do, like who else who else could you compare him to? Mm-hmm. Who could you compare him to? I mean, uh, we haven't seen 
seen by to the likes of Lamar Jackson in college since, you know, to Vic, uh, to be honest with you, to Vic, mm-hmm. to, be honest with, to be honest with you, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that he can, he can come out there and he can do some things that regular quarterbacks in this league just can't do. And I think that's going to make a difference for him mm-hmm. moving forward. And I think he's going to be able to have a lot of opportunities, like you said, with Flacco being his last year guaranteed money. And he's also, Flacco's also a very injury problem. Mm-hmm. So there could be a possibility where Flacco comes out here and he gets hurt. And all of a sudden, we're handing the keys, they're handing the keys over to Lamar Jackson. He's showing them what, they, what he can do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's going to be some, there's going to be some growing pains, like like it's going to be with all the quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I don't think Lamar is as polished a quarterback as he needs to be. I don't think he's as polished with his accuracy as he needs to be, but I think all that will get better. Um, once he gets to the pros, once he learns the pro style system, mm-hmm. I honestly think they'll find a way, even if he's not throwing the ball incessantly. Yeah. Um, and even if Joe Flacco still the starter, I think Baltimore is going to find some ways to incorporate him into their offense, mm-hmm. just because Lamar is such a dynamic playmaker, uh, which could help ease, for, which could help light lead and ease the process for him to become the starter in Baltimore. I think I think he fell into a really really good situation there. You you know that Lamar Jackson obviously you saw Lamar Jackson waiting around the green room, and he finally came out and got his hat. When you interviewed him, what was his what was his mood like once uh once that was all over? ready for him to ball. I, I think he's going to ball, man. But uh, one more, yeah. and let's talk about now uh, some of these uh, HBCU players that got drafted in the draft. Yeah. We're going to start. Well, I'm not, well, I'm just going to read the names off. And for example, Darius Leonard, South Carolina State, second round, number 36 pick, line, linebacker. We got, of course, the great Brandon Parker from the greatest football team, two-time Celebration Bowl champs. Offensive tackle <laughs> Brandon Parker, who's a third third round pick, number the first pick in the third round, which I didn't expect when Bruce Irvin read that name, I I, I nearly fainted. <laughs> I was like, he's second day. I, I didn't expect him to get picked second day. I was pumped for it, and I didn't care about Mel Kuyper's scouting report. Talk about sometimes he could be inconsistent. Whatever, whatever. Well, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> and Virginia <laughs> and Virginia and Virginia State. I've seen this guy a few times. Uh, Trenton Cannon. Who's a six-round pick? Uh, who's going to the Jets? Running back, and he then he can definitely he's definitely a good player. And there was an article you wrote about this being you know 
the rise of more prospects coming up for HBCUs. Where do you see this now with the, with the last two years, of course, Tariq Cohen, kind of more like the, the step, more the stepping stone to this. Where do you see HBCU players uh, in the next few years in this NFL draft? I definitely think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I definitely think these guys are definitely going to be legit. I think they can actually step in and, like you said, do some things and, and come in there and, be, and play a big impact on the field. And I'm hoping down the road uh, that we will definitely see more and more HBCU players. And shout out to the guys that were undrafted as well. Shout out yeah, to them. Like I said, guys, this is a new wave of HBCU excellence. I mean, there's plenty of great HBCU players in the past, but this is now it's time. It's a it's a new new age now, and hopefully, we will see that more and more down the road. Uh, I got a last question for you. What's your thoughts overall on the NBA playoffs so far? Oh yeah, uh, NBA. 
one of the like most competitive, you know, rounds that we've seen, especially the first round, one of the most competitive first rounds we've seen. And I think if these people thought the Pacers were going to give Cleveland as much trouble as they did, yeah, um, and which was which was very interesting. But Victor Oladipo has solidified himself as a as a legitimate All Star for years to come. Absolutely, he was legitimate. He was like legitimately. Seven straight guys. Remember, seven straight finals that he's been in, as far as I know. As far as <laughs> seven, and, and, and good. I mean, like it, it's just nuts. But I, I tell you, I tell, like I tell everyone, it's the Warriors until they get defeated, and and that's because of only Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry, and anybody else in the Warriors that's want to join the party can do that. <laughs> but tell everybody, tell everybody how they can reach you, uh, Donovan. definitely donovan thank you for this man uh you definitely gonna be an inspiration to a lot of people out there with this interview man uh, especially um you being a junior and you're definitely in a step in the right direction and i definitely wish you much success in your future and and you, you will be a success man but definitely uh thanks for no, joining no me man Thank you all for listening to Rodnick's Rundown, and be back for part two of episode five. Me and Nick will discuss the NBA playoffs and other topics around the sports world. This is Rodnick's Rundown.